Hey everyone, this is David from Wisconsin. I'm Jack's podcast producer. I just wanted to remind you real quick that Jack has a podcast hotline. You can leave him a voicemail at 920-415-4525. All you got to do is leave your name, where you're from, roughly, and then your question or comment, whatever. Jack really does want to hear from you. Again, that number is 920-415-4525. You can also text your questions to that number or email jack at jack.hager at gmail.com. All of those contacts will be in the show notes for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Well, hey there, this is Jack Hager. I have not been kidnapped by aliens. I have not fallen in a hole. I have not gone on to heaven. I have been preaching all summer at camps. And then towards the end of August, got a phone call that just changed everything. It was certainly not on my radar. Sometimes I wish the health and wealth prosperity, it's all about you guys were right, but they are wrong, which is why we are to consider it all joy when, not if, we encounter various trials. That's why we are to exalt in our tribulation, knowing that tribulation works patience. That's why we are to understand that marvel not that the world hates you, for it hated Christ first. In other words, sometimes following Christ sucks. Well, this phone call that I got when I was preaching at a camp in Wisconsin told me that a son of an adult staff member of our ministry had been arrested. The details are not important and they're much too convoluted to go into, but as a result of that arrest and as a result of some activity on some people's parts, some of which was meant sincerely, some of which was meant to destroy us, some of which was meant to damage the cause of Christ. As a result of that arrest, we found out that something happened in 2013 that was known by one of our chief staff members who kept it to himself. Later, telling people that this incident that happened in 2013 was discussed with all the staff when, in fact, it was not. And again, there is so much to this story that I could write a book and maybe, no, I'm not going to write a book because it's just too much garbage. But I can't go into details, won't go into details, except to say that a senior staff member was asked for his resignation. Had he not resigned, he would have been fired. And I am in total agreement with that decision. In fact, had the board of directors not asked for his resignation, not fired him, I would have had to tender my resignation. It was that type of a thing. But anyway, as a result of that, an entire ministry is damaged. The cause of Christ is not damaged because Christ will fulfill his purposes. Christ will do his will. But this particular ministry, of which I've been a part for 14 years, which has existed since 1977, is basically done, at least under the name. We hope to rebrand, regroup, refocus, rebirth. There's already been another staff member that's resigned. There may be more that resign or let go. It's just one of those things that began with one poor decision. Scripture says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And that's so true. So often it's not, I think it was Paul Little who said, collapse in the Christian life is very seldom a blowout. But instead, it's usually a small, almost imperceptible leak that just slowly gasses out until there's nothing left. And this thing that began in 2013, 
and wasn't really discovered until just a month ago. Destroyed lives. Destroyed personal ministries. And yes, God can cause good to come out of the ashes. And we are trusting Romans 8.28 that all things means all things. Doesn't mean that all things are good. But all things work together for good for those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. So quite frankly, it's been a sucky four weeks or five weeks. I can't even remember so much stuff as a result of this senior staff's resignation. The board of directors has asked me to step in as interim director. Uh, it's stepping into something. And I have prayerfully, with consulting my wife and others, have accepted that role. I do not know what the future looks like, but I know the future is a man word. It's not a God word. God is already there. Time is a man word. It's not a God word. God is already there. This thing that surprised me, shocked me, did not surprise or shock God. That is not to say, regardless of what your ism is, that God caused it to happen, but at a very minimum, he allowed it to happen. I'll let your ism dictate how you interpret that. Quite frankly, I don't care. The only thing I know is he is the Lord God Almighty, and he will cause good to come out of this. So I covet your prayers for myself, for my family, for staff members that have been slapped in the face by this, for the cause of Christ, most importantly, for people that are having a heyday smashing us all over Facebook, all over other social media, all over and even conversations, that they would have a change of heart. There are times that I am tempted to pray that God would stop their heart, but that probably is not the most Christian thing I've ever thought. I'm just being real. This thing is disgusting on so many levels. You've probably gone through stuff like this or close to it, and the key word is through. We are going through it. We are not going to simply survive. We're going to thrive. And that's just not a name it, claim it, blab it, grab it thing. That's just a fact of life. You know, several weeks ago, my wife was at a women's conference in Indianapolis, and she heard Shane and Shane sing a song that I think has the title, I'm Fighting a Battle You've Already Won. If you're not familiar with that song, Google it, look it up. But it's got a line in it, I don't know what you're doing, but I know what you've done. And that's where I am right now. I have no idea what God's up to, but I know what he's done. He's saved me. He's redeemed me. He's forgiven me. He's given me 40 plus years of ministry. He's given me the opportunity to brag on Jesus as a calling, as a full-time gig. And it amazes me that I get to do what I get to do. Yeah, he could use a donkey. There may be some similarities, but forgetting all that, this difficulty is simply that, a difficulty. It's an opportunity for a solution. It's not just a problem. So pray for me that I have wisdom on how to guide, how to lead, how to point out things. Pray for the staff that we can collectively dream big dreams and find ways to be an effective ministry for the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for our community. Our ministry has been used by God to reach people that weren't being reached by others. And we may break apart the ministry, the ministry may be broken apart, 
but I'm sure there are people that are going to continue to reach out to those that are sometimes ignored. There are some people that are saying, oh my gosh, if this ministry goes away, who's going to, nah, you know what? God is not dependent on ministries or individuals to fulfill his purpose. If I fail God in any way or fashion, that doesn't mean people are going to go to hell because of my failure. If God is depending on me to get something done, we are in a heap of trouble. Yes, my duty is to pursue God. My duty is to pursue holiness. My duty is to stand on righteousness. My duty is to flee sin. My duty is to lift up Jesus. But if I fail in that, God's not going to go, oh my goodness, what do I do now? God will fulfill his purpose. God will accomplish his will. Amazingly, he uses people like you to accomplish his will, to accomplish his ways, to fulfill his calling, to fulfill his promises. And that's an amazing privilege, an astonishing privilege, a privilege that we should never take lightly. But when it gets dark, it's okay. Our culture is decaying. Our president calls me a half-wit, dim-wit, et cetera, and so forth. Not because I'm a Trump supporter, because I'm really not. But I'm a supporter of righteousness. And I want a president who can at least articulate a sentence. Oh, Jack, now you're being offensive. I don't give a flying rip. We're to speak truth in love. I pray for Biden's soul. I pray that God would fix his heart. I pray that somebody would take care of him. But at the same time, I recognize that Trump is not the answer. Any more than Ronald Reagan was the answer. A political person is not the answer. The answer is those of us who call Jesus Christ Lord to do what we're supposed to do. Brag on Jesus and reach people heart by heart, life by life. Yeah, we should be involved in politics. Yeah, we should be involved in declaring who should win and who shouldn't win, I guess. But that's not the answer. God didn't love the Republican Party. God didn't love the Democratic Party. God didn't love the United States. God's full of the world. To include that hooker on the corner in your street. To include that drug dealer down the road. To include that bum lying in the road looking for money. God loves them. And God calls you and I to do one thing. Love God and love people. How do you define ministry, Jack? Love God, love people. That loving God may look different in your life than it does in my life. This is love for God that we obey his commands is what the Bible says. Not that we're saved by works or kept by works, but grace and faith combined to work. And if your salvation hasn't resulted in works, well, what are you going to do with Ephesians 2.10? We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for the purpose of bringing forth good works, which God has before ordained that we should practice them. Be about doing good works. Oh, but Jack, I'm saved by grace. Yeah, I know you are. But God has prepared works for you to do. And if that's true, there are works that nobody else is going to do. So maybe like me, you ought to wake up in the morning and one of your first thoughts, one of your first prayers, one of your first commitments should be, Dear God, help me not to miss a work that you have prepared for me today.
Help me to stay alert. Help me to be sensitive to the Spirit's promptings on what to say, what not to say, what to do, what not to do. This Christian life is tough. But so far, we've not been crucified for living for Jesus yet. I believe it's coming in this country. It's happening all over the world. Why not us? So this little problem that me and the ministry I work with are going through, it's chum change. Yeah, it's affecting people. Yeah, it's affecting life. Yeah, it's affecting hopes and dreams, etc. But it's chump change. You know what? I read the back of the book. God wins. The victory is ours. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to stay in his word. I'm going to stay in fellowship with him. I'm going to keep asking him to fill me with his spirit because I, like you, leak. Whatever you think about the Holy Spirit, it's not a one-time deal. It's not a magical, mystical experience and suddenly you're in. Salvation is a done deal. You can argue with, you can lose it. I don't really care. But living by the Spirit is a daily effort, a moment-by-moment -moment effort to walk in obedience, to walk in love, to walk in His steps, to be filled by the Spirit, to not be controlled by wine, but be controlled by the Spirit. How does that happen? Presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, which is your reasonable, logical service of worship. Hey, I'm a preacher, man. I can't grieve about this ministry. It may never come back. It will never come back the way it was. As a thing, it may not come back. We may go all our individual ways. But whatever it is, again, it's not a surprise to God. But I pray that you would pray that we would be victorious that we would not walk around glum, that we would not have pity parties about what's happened, that we'd learn from our mistakes, that we'd learn from our errors, that we'd learn from other people's errors, and that we would not judge them, but we'd fix our eyes on Jesus and look for ways to walk in love, to walk in victory, to impact lives with the message of hope. You know, that's not what I plan to share this time. I plan just to bring you an update, but your time is valuable. And you've given me almost 15 minutes of your time right now. And I honor that. And I thank you for giving me that. And I, again, beg you, pray for Jack Hager. Pray that I would know what to do, where to go. I have no idea what's in the future but I guarantee T, I know who holds the future because he's already there. And as I lean into him and don't focus on the brokenness, but focus on his completeness, because after all, I am complete in Christ. I don't need more power. I don't need more love. He's given me everything I need for life and godliness. Guess what? He's done that for you too. I don't know what your ministry is. I hope you do. I don't know what you're supposed to do tonight, today. I hope you do. I hope you spend time in God's Word today. I hope you spend time in prayer today. I hope you understand that you're on mission today. I hope you know Jesus. And if you don't know that your sins are forgiven, if you don't know that your present makes sense, if you don't know that your future is secure, would you please get in touch with me? and allow me to share with you the good news of the gospel. 
that Jesus Christ lived the life that you couldn't live. He died the death that you should have died. He was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead. And he offers you, yes, you, with all your stuff, forgiveness and acceptance and new life and purpose. How does that happen? You turn from sin. You repent of sin. You turn from sin. You trust Jesus and Jesus alone. January 30th, 1974, to jail cell in Texas. Dear Jesus, I'm a mess. I don't understand this kind of love. I don't understand this Jesus stuff, but I know I need him. I believe, Jesus. I trust in you. I cling to you. I rely on you. That was in 1974. He has not failed me. I have failed him. He has never failed me. And he restores my soul. He grants me grace. He gives me his favor. And what he's done for me, he'll do for you. I don't know what he'll do with your life, but I'll give you a hint. He'll do a whole lot better with your life than you will. So surrender to Christ. If you claim to be a Christian, have you presented yourself as a living sacrifice? Are you all in? Is Jesus part of your life or is he your life? Can I remind you, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ. I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm just sick and tired of easy believism. I'm just sick and tired of Sunday Christians. I'm just sick and tired of people who say they love Jesus and live like the devil and don't bother telling other people about Jesus. I'm just, well, I'm not as sick as he is. Because remember what he said? Yeah, you do a whole lot of cool things. You're doing a whole lot of cool stuff, but I got one thing against you. You've left your first love. Fall in love with Jesus all over again. Grab a piece of paper, grab your phone, and just say, I love Jesus because, and spend five or 10 minutes writing, fill in the blanks to that. I love Jesus because he made the world black and white. No, check that. He made the world color, not black and white. I love Jesus because he gave me wheat thins and cheese. Doesn't have to be something super spiritual. I love Jesus because he died for me. I love Jesus because he is God. I love Jesus because he created the duckbill platypus and he created the penguin and he created me. I love Jesus because. Get wrapped up in Jesus and you won't get wrapped up in the crap of the world. Get wrapped up in Jesus, focus on him and glue your eyes on Jesus on the cross. Fix your eyes on Jesus. March forward in victory. We serve a living savior. We serve the living God. We serve the King of Kings. Wow, what a privilege. What a joy. It may not always be happy, but it's a joy. That's why Paul could say from a prison cell, rejoice in the Lord always. And because he knew we were slow learners, and again I say, rejoice. So you know what? I'm going to sign off for now. I'm going to sign off rejoicing eager to see what God's got ahead. I'm 75 stinking years old. I pray God gives me at least two more decades of effective ministry, whatever it looks like. And if he doesn't, when you get to heaven, I'll be waiting for you. But more importantly, he will be waiting for you. <laughs>